Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Roll the Roast Podcast. My name is Raj Baines, um, which means that Jack's not here if I'm talking first. Uh, Seb, you are here though. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Raj. I'm here. You sound a bit distant. Have you dropped something? Uh, no, no. I just put my microphone down briefly, but I've, <laughs> I, I've picked it up again. My 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 body is here. My spirit is still somewhere outside Wembley. I think. So. Yeah, I saw the uh, the pictures of the way out. Was it like a three hour wait or something like that? No, no, it was. Um, I mean, we, we from from seat to tube station. Uh, it took about an hour. I mean, it, it it actually it looked a lot worse than it eventually was, but it was. Um, it's pretty frustrating because uh, obviously it was, it was pretty hot in London last night, and um, actually there was, was a guy, uh, an elderly guy, who collapsed in the tube station. It was so warm. Um, you talk so about I'd yourself, be, there, Seb. Yeah, no, I, I I made it through, but another elderly gentleman. Uh, passed out. I think. You can't say things um, like that and not expect just to. Yeah, shit I mean, joke. this is the thing. Like, as I say, mate, like my body's here and my spirit isn't. Yeah. So I'm not quite as, you know. Take it. I'm not take ready for the onslaught. Yeah. yeah. Take it light right. on you. Um, it's um, it's it's a, it's a funny one. We were we were talking to the people around us on the way out, and it it just I it, it was it's kind of um the travel problem is is exaggerated because of course ordinarily at Wembley you have it's usually a kind of half and half situation, um, and some supporters are held back and. You know, you usually have about forty thousand going for the tube at the same time. Um, but last night there was no obvious segregation um, uh, because there are only about sort of ten Monaco fans. Um, and um, yeah, it was uh, yeah a little, little claustrophobic at times. Um, but we got out. We got out eventually. Once you get to the tube station, it's fine. Um, but you, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a little, uh, little frustrating. Excellent. I'm I'm always happy to start with sort of like a town planning sec- section. Of the, yeah, yeah. Why not? Of the podcast. Yeah. It goes nicely hand in hand with the uh, occasional train station section that we do. We do like that section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ba- yeah. the banal side of of our podcast. Just anything. I tell you, mate. I, on that note, I, I was at Birmingham New Street the other day. That is a train station. It's like it's just a it, shame that you've got to go into Birmingham afterwards, isn't it? Well, no, I didn't. I was passing. <laughs> I, I was getting connection from it, but there's, there's, there's. It's like an airport. It's incredible. Yeah, I've heard they've had um, new work there. Birmingham's one of them odd cities where there's odd nice bits, but the rest of it's horrible. Like I've, I've driven mm. through it a few times just to get to places. Like if you diverted off the motorway, um, and it's because it's so old, it just it it doesn't look um, very appealing. Um, but there are some places like, you know, as you say, it's train station and what's the shopping centre called? Bullring. Possibly. Yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't, I didn't go outside the train station, but, uh, <laughs> you make no, it well, sound like you're, um... it wasn't, it wasn't like, I, I wasn't sort of, you know, against the idea of, of stepping into Birmingham, but 
Um, <laughs> you make yourself I, sound like Tom Hanks in that uh, film. Where the it? terminal, yeah, where terminal, he's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was coming back from, I was, uh, yeah, I was coming back from Everton actually, and um, and I got there, and there were, it's a, it, it's a weird thing because it, it's a really nice station. It's really sort of polished and neat, and it's, you know, it, it, it's very contemporary. And then because it was the opening day of the season, there were like there were there were football fans quite literally passed out in their own sick on the tri- on the platforms. Uh, there's one one guy who'd just given up and it was had just slumped in a corner by himself. And um yeah, I well, hopefully he was okay. I don't know, he looked a bit worse whereby I kind of I yeah, just wanted to step over him at the time. But yeah. There's only once I've ever been I I don't think I was even drunk. I just had like sort of like a, I'm not not sure if I've ever discussed this on the pod or not. I think I've told Jack. I'm not sure if I've ever told you, but once when I was at a Leeds festival when I was maybe seventeen or eighteen, it was around then. Um, it was like a day or two in, and I'd gone to the cash machine, I think, but I'd gone on my own, and just as I'd got my cash out, I just sort of sat down on the foot of the cash machine, just had this like mini crisis on my own. I don't know how long I was there for, like fifteen, twenty minutes maybe, where I just sort of sat there and sort of. Uh, this sudden wave of misery washed over me, like, and uh, one of my mates had to come and rescue me, just like out of nowhere. He's like, "What? Are you, what are you still doing here? You like? It's been like twenty minutes since you left us. Why you sat down? You all right?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It like took me five minutes to like get my wits back about me, but it was just, <laughs> just, just, just weird, sort of like, um, like the first time I'd been alone for like two days and like not drinking or all and just doing something like a normal day-to-day task sort of and you broke down yeah basically. it was it, yeah, was, yeah. it was a bit of a short, down, yeah. short circuit <laughs> yeah it, it really was it was just a really strange it's never happened to me before or since but i always remember that happening because it was just one of those where I sort of it, it wasn't as if i'd had too much drink or you know any, anything else it was just a a random thing where the situation sort of got on top of me a little bit and uh i needed one of the pals to come and uh literally pick me up and keep me going um that's quite a task because you're not a small person no no well i think it was lucas who's the one mate i've got who's taller than me so it's um so it's not too bad um, jesus how tall is lucas eight foot six foot eight i think wow um, okay so yeah we're, we're always the two if you ever go out with us where you know you get the short lads with napoleon syndrome who've who've done nothing but chest work in the gym who try and you know have a scrap because they need to prove something to themselves and we sort of just look down as noses at them literally it's like it's not worth it pal just you know leave us be but anyway yeah less land of, of giants yeah less of that um if we start with stoke start with the the nice stuff there's no nothing before stoke we need to cover is there we've no we, we did previewed that. that yeah you had a nice preview with uh the chap from the thing the chat from the I did. Th- yeah. The thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did we did do that. Yeah. Mark Holmes, is it? Yeah. Um Mark was uh Mark was great. Yeah, I missed this game. I've watched the extended highlights since, um, but I didn't get to watch it live as I usually do because it kicks off the same time as the uh West Yorkshire Derby between Huddersfield and Leeds, which I was in attendance of. Um so do you wanna you wanna take the lead, mate? How did you find the uh, the ninety minutes? Um well the thing is when I watched it I thought and I, I know I, I, we, we played really well, um, but when I watched it live, I thought I thought we played better than we really had um, because I think in retrospect, Stoke were awful. I mean, they, they they started the game pretty well and they had a couple of chances and they actually started the second half pretty well. But I was amazed at um, 
I mean, I well, that game last season, it sort of came with caveats because Stoke were obviously knackered and quite a few of their players had, had, um, had, had clearly checked out for the season by the time we got there. They had nothing and to play for. They had nothing to play for. So I think a lot of us thought, you know, great result. And we were all swept up in our sort of title charge thing anyway. And, and um, but I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I think it was as much about them as it was about us. I mean, there were some really good performances. I mean, Ericsson was fantastic. I thought uh, Son had a good game. Uh, not quite as good a game as people think he did, but he did play well and took his goal brilliantly. His, well, his second goal brilliantly. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of positives. And I, I think actually, um, regardless of what Stoke were, it was exactly what we needed because, um, you know, we're um, domestically, we're unbeaten, but we haven't necessarily played that well this year. Um, and it was the kind of performance that I think, I don't know, it was a, a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of symmetry there because Stoke last season was the last time that we played really well. Um, so to go there again and to replicate that performance, um, I actually thought last season's effort was better. I thought that we were, we were more impressive. Um, I thought we were, um, I thought the sort of the, the intensity of our play was, was remarkable that night. Um, didn't get that so much on the weekend, but you know, four nil, you know, Stoke a good team. I know they're bottom of the league and they haven't won yet, but they, 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 um, they will become a good team. So maybe we just count our blessings and, and I'd be happy that we played them then and caught them on an off day, but they, they just, uh, there seems to be something wrong with them. There's uh, I don't know. It's not necessarily tactical. It's not necessarily, you know, personnel related. It's just, I, I, I don't know. There's something, there's something not very Mark Hughes about that team at the moment. And, uh, if I was feeling conspiratorial, I'd say that there's a little bit of a dressing room disconnect somewhere. Um, because there were weird things that happened, sort of, you know, odd defensive lapses that, okay, happen in football, but don't usually happen in early September, you know, when players are supposed to be fresh. And we, we brush them aside so easily um, that, yeah, odd, very odd. Is it not one of those cases where they're one of those teams that are sort of in between a rock and a hard place where they're, they're far too good to be relegated if they play well, but mm. even when they play well, they're not good enough to sort of bridge the gap to the top four or or even the top six. They're, they're sort of lower Europa League spot is their glass ceiling at, at present. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably right. I mean, I I mean, I, I, I thought that prior to them signing a proper forward, but now that they've done that, I think they're a very useful side in theory. I mean, I think Wilfred Boney is... Um, I know, I know what happened to Man City and I know he was shit, but he's a, he's a brilliant player. Um, and he's exactly what they, the sort of the Bojans and the Arnautoviches and the Shakiris need. They're sort of a, like a, a, a little focal point to orbit around. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think you're probably right. I don't think they're, they're, they can ever, at the moment, they're, they're, they're sort of realistically better than a Europa League spot. But, you know, I, just very funny. I, I just gave me a very funny feeling. It felt like a sort of... Not a false result because we deserved our points and and we we scored some brilliant goals, but it felt like a little bit of a um, yeah, just um, it, it felt like it occurred in a strange context. Put it that way. I mean, for what it was, you you can't really complain about a four 0 win away. No, from, no, no, of course not. Of from course home, not. or even the fact that you know we may not have even had to get in top gear to to get to four it was sort of oh and Carl Walker we should mention Carl Walker sorry because he he was um I I think other than Ericsson he was our best player I, I think, think he was Carl terrific. Walker's been exceptional for some time now I genuinely yeah, can't remember yeah, the last I, time he had a bad game no I mean um no if you discount sort of the last few games of last season when we were all, every, all of our players are a I little think bit that's off. an anomaly I think uh, yeah, the last few games right. of last season was sort of of its own thing it was uh you know uh, 
the feeling around the club and the disappointment and whatnot was sort of yeah, I think so. Yeah, it bled into the performances as well, quite clearly. Of and, course, uh, it did. Uh, so, um, sorry, mate, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I was just going to say that I'm sort of. I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, no, that you know, four 0 away is not bad. We didn't have to get out of top gear to do it, and the fact that they were sort of, you know. There were players that looked more settled with what they were doing than they had done previously. Ericsson, who you've you've pointed out, did well, and the the Dyer Wanyama um, axis looked better than it had done. I mean, it still doesn't look like anything that you'd want to see for a long amount of time, or or something that we should hang our hats on too much, um, because there are there are obviously better combinations there to be played. Um, yeah. But it's it's nice to see that you know if if worse comes to worst again or, or something it's it's functional at, v- at the very least, um, and I think that's that's all I took out of it. Really. There's not there's not much you can really glean out of it once you know the result yeah. and you watch it sort of afterwards, um, and you know it's just extended highlights. It's it's not better than watching match of the day really. No, not really. I I agree that. I mean, it's um yeah I. Uh, one thing I'll say is that with that the Dai Wanyama thing is that um, I think um, I think to have I and this isn't aimed at either of those players. It's aimed at what they are as a combination in terms of okay they 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 give us a very solid base and they make a you know a, a very rigid midfield together. But they they they're very limiting in terms of what we're able to do going forward because it means neither is particularly comfortable in the final third. So it means essentially we always have to attack with just four players. You know, unless you know a Janssen or a, you know Sissoko is introduced, um, and uh, I mean, it kind of br- brings us to last night and that the difference in Tottenham when Musa Dembele is on the pitch. Um, I mean, it's it's it, even the difference in the crowd. Like Dembele, like there's something about it, not just the, sort of all the all the abilities we know he has. So like the you know his tendency to kind of to press up the field and to carry the ball um, between the lines and you know or to move the ball between the lines. But like he he's he's such a reliable outlet. He's a, he's a guy in sort of, and I think this transcends sort of every level of the game. He's the guy in your school playground who you give the ball to, and you know he's not going to lose it. Um, he's like that, but at a professional level. And it's um, we just look. I don't know. I, I it just seems as if him being at the base of the midfield, even if he's just sitting at the base of the midfield seems to embolden everybody ahead of him because they're just there's just that extra layer of confidence in everybody else in, in what they're doing. Um and that's very interesting. I don't I don't I, I don't want that to be sort of mistranslated to a criticism of either Eric Dyer or um Victor Wanyama because it's not meant that way. It's just that I think there's still some of that that's still very much a partnership in 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 progress and that they're they're still growing learning to play together and you know Wanyama and Dembele will have to go through that too. But I think the difference is 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 it's almost as if the uncertainty between them and the kind of the lack of balance there bleeds into the rest of the team. And um yeah, it's just a great thing to have Dembele back. It's um yeah, it's uh, and that was really obvious last night. Yeah. Um if we um discuss sort of um the atmosphere going into the game first. Yeah. Um because after winning four 0 away and selling out Wembley and uh, all that sort of a business um, there was a lot of excitement in the air, uh, and you're quite rightly so. It's been a few years since we've we've been at the highest table in European football. Mm. Um, when we had the trust on as well, they were they were you know quite forthright in saying how much they wanted Wembley to feel like home. Um, yeah. 
and all that sort of jazz. Well, it's to say there that, that, that like w- they did a fantastic job. I mean, as far as Wembley can ever feel like home for a visiting team, it did last night. It was the the effort that's gone in, not just in the things like putting our badge and 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 putting our um they they actually they 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 put the um the team news on the um on the screen that faces Wembley Way, so we all we were all reading it as we were walking down. But I just think there's the little little details inside the stadium. A, a lot of care has gone into making sure it feels like a Tottenham home game, and um, and it's not just you know a half-hearted, half-assed. Oh yeah, well, we'll just play your games in here now. Fuck off. It felt like a Tottenham home game, and yeah. that's um, that's greatly appreciated because it's um, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts gone into it. Is what I'm trying to say. BT Sport were far more interested in the fact that Billy Joel had a concert there than the fact that you know Tottenham. <laughs> put all this effort into making it feel like home, yeah. which is slightly strange. Um, but um, you and Jack met up before the game, and yeah. and, and you know toddled down together and whatnot. What did what did you two make of it? Did you enjoy yourselves? How was the atmosphere? You know, oh, it was wonderful! Talking about the game, what was it? The, the experience of it, like? Oh, it was wonderful. It was. Um, I mean, I've um, I've never been in a place with so many Tottenham fans. Um, I mean, there were 85,000 of us there and it was just, it was, I, I, I know the, the, the game was disappointing, but I was, I, when I was coming home after the match, you know, I didn't really think of the, the result as much. I just thought it's, it's just a really special occasion. And I, something that's kind of uh, unquantifiable in it as well, because it's very hard to describe why it felt special. But when you, when you get out of the, the tube and you look down and everywhere, I mean, and I mean everywhere, like, like a sea of people, it's like a kind of, like a, a Glastonbury-like vista, you know, when you just see bodies and and heads moving along and flags and Tottenham shirts. Um, and I've never the, seen the case... a Tottenham shirt at Glastonbury, mate. I've seen a few no, people. no, 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 no. It's not very, <laughs> it's not very football, is it, Glastonbury? Um, but I, um, it was, um, yeah, it, it was very powerful. Is is probably how I describe it. it Have was, you ever been um, at Glastonbury? No, it's round your way though, isn't it? It's not too far from. from yeah, Glastonbury. it was. My grandparents used to live really close to it, but. Um, in that part no but it's just never appealed to me mate you know, i'm a i'm a sleep in my own bed kind of person oh i um i always take a duvet and some pillows and that makes it feel much better no, no, um, I don't. I just... than uh than else um but you're like um i thought you'd like it though that's that sunday afternoon slot where they bring out dolly parton or something be right yeah, and lionel richie yeah, yeah. Mate, definitely but well, you know I, that aside wembley um, I um, <laughs> change the subject because you, def- you definitely change the subject. I, I kid you not. I mean, though, I, the, the, my favorite memory from ever going to Glastonbury, I've been twice. It's in uh, 2013 um, when I watched Kenny Rogers on the Sunday with the lads, and we had an ice cream and a beer, and it was brilliant because we were absolutely smashed from the day before and like overtired and whatnot. Similar sort of situation to what you are now. Um, and Kenny Rogers came on and did Islands in the Stream twice, and it was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> well, uh, okay, again, Wembley. How does Wembley um, compare to Kenny Rogers doing Islands? Uh, in the I can't possibly say, but uh, it, it, the, the, the occasion felt enormous, man. It was, it was uh, Jack and I. When we got inside the stadium. Oh, Charlotte was with us as well. That's Mrs. Jack, for those who don't know, um, and. It was. Sounds it like just she felt... was more the third wheel than you on this occasion. Yeah, well, I, I, did, I did say to Jack, I, you know, we, we, uh, yeah, but Charlotte, Charlotte was. Um, I, I think to be honest with you, like Charlotte was better off without us. Um, like we, 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 you know, we, we, we were probably quite embarrassing. Um, but it was, um, it was very special to be inside there, and and um, 
And I've said subsequently on Twitter that there was quite a lot of moaning around us and, you know, a, a, you know, quite a tedious level of early dissatisfaction. I mean, the guys behind us were complaining from like minute five onwards. But that being said, like the general feel of the stadium and the noise and it wasn't like one of those occasions where you go there and the novelty of being at Wembley takes over. Um, it was a, it feels like a, it, at times it felt like a much, much bigger version of White Hart Lane. It was loud, so loud. And that's great. Um, there were long periods of silence and the early goal knocked that enthusiasm away a little bit, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a great night. Yeah. Um, what did, um, you and Jack got um, spotted, didn't you, on the uh, on the tube up to the ground? Was it like a celebrity spotting? Did he ask for his picture and autograph? No, I mean, the first thing we heard of it was uh, him tweeting the Ruler Roos account. Like, oh, so somebody just like earwigged you. Oh, I find it quite creepy. <laughs> like, just so sort of, why would you not come up and say hello? Uh, but I don't know. I, 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 you, know, you know, in the presence uh, of you two celebrities, though, you, you'll have obviously been deep in conversation. Sometimes, you know, people don't want to seem rude and come up to you. We weren't even talking about football on the train, though. I can't remember. I think we were, yeah, we were just chatting. Um, but um, yeah, and we weren't even wearing our Rule the Roost t-shirts either. So <laughs> those don't exist. <laughs> those will never. They do, exist. right? So we we've got we've got like our name and numbers on the back of them and oh. big cockerel on the front. Is this one of those things that you and Jack hide from you, like pro evolution soccer? <laughs> You've got mugs and stationery and everything. You're selling it for top dollar. <laughs> and uh, we've actually both retired, mate. I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, you're sl- you're slaving away, and I I work under the guise of being a football writer. It's all bollocks, really. I yeah. don't. I don't. I just sit around you're six and a half you're, days a week, record the yacht. podcast, and the last. Yeah, yeah. That's why. It's why. Why my Skype is occasionally a bit dodgy. You know. <laughs> Anyway, um, the match itself um, um, sort of will have two very different uh, versions of this because it's it's completely different watching it on television as it is to watching it in yeah. uh, in, in the stadium. Um, if I go first, um, it, first fifteen minutes were fantastic. I think um, sort of when you see the team sheet come through and he's got Deli Ali in midfield and he's starting Son, mm. Lamella, and Eriksson, and you've got those memories of beating the same side 4-1 last year at home, you sort of think, okay, he's um, he's seen what he's got and he's seen what he's up against. And yeah. um, he thinks he can essentially, you know, just overwhelm them. Um, and for the first 15 minutes, that seemed um, like it, it would go to plan. Son had that one cleared off the line, um, which and it only seemed to be sort of a matter of time before we scored. And I genuinely think... Um, had we scored, had that sudden chance gone in or had another one gone in, in that opening 15 minutes, it, it may well have been a procession. Um, but, however, um, Monaco were fantastic on the break and we were very weak to stop yeah. them. Um, especially the, the first goal was sort of, Eric Lamella tried a pass that wasn't on. It, it appeared to be he was trying to meg the lad that he was trying to pass it through um, or it could have just been a terrible pass. But... Um, you know, it fell to, you know, the most left-footed player on the park. And he sort of, you know, there's been a lot of, um, 
a lot of people saying that uh, Jan Vertonghen should have showed him onto his right foot, which he should have done, but it's easier said than done, especially when the lad's running at you at oh, 20. Mate, Bernardo Silva's a good, good player. Yeah, especially well, when he's running you at you know. at 20 mile per hour and he's turned you inside out. I'm not sure Vertonghen could have done much more than no, you know, yeah. essentially doing what he, he tried to and trying to get into the way of it. And the, the finish was outstanding because it's not as yeah. if he's just put it in the bottom corner. He's, he's hit across it and he's done it at pace. So Hugo Lloris is getting nowhere near it whatsoever. No, no, no blame attached to Lloris. Um, it's I mean, one of those techniques was... as well that he could quite easily get wrong and scuff it out for a throw in as well because he's he's put that much you know reverse swaz on the ball going the opposite way that it's not easy to do um so that was that that's that seemed to take the wind out of ourselves and give monaco a little bit of belief because uh, what i think he was thinking with that lineup is if we go ahead monaco are going to have to chase the game because then they'll want something out of it. And the more they chase, the the more open they get. The more open they get, the, the more we're going to have a laugh with that many attacking players on the park. And yeah. if and, you know if it turns into an arm wrestle, essentially going back and forth, then Pochettino has got every right to think that our 11 will overpower Monaco's. Um, however, they scored a second on the break and, and the match sort of took a turn for the worse from there because they look rattled. Um did, did Spurs and uh, it took them a few minutes to get back into themselves and yeah. you know they were visibly shaken and sort of the crowd um, on television at least to sound as if they had like a sort of a five minutes to sort of ask themselves a few questions about what they were watching um, which have yeah. every right to do I think when you go 2-0 down that quickly inside half hour um, and then the goal before half time sort of again changed the the complexion of it because then you, you, you almost backed Spurs to go on and, and win it at that point. I think Jack even may have tweeted that it would have been 4-2. He promised it would have been 4-2 to Tottenham, um, but it didn't. Well, especially Deli Ali had that chance from Lame- the Lamella ball just before half-time. Yes. Where, where it sort of, it was just inches away from connecting. Yes. Um, um, and yeah, so there were, there were sort of two really promising sections of Tottenham play in the first half sandwiched. Uh, either side of Monaco scoring two goals with their only two shots on target. Um, and then the second half was was much better, but sort of at that level, Monaco did well to repel us as best they could and, and we just couldn't take a chance. Yeah. I mean... They defended pretty well. I mean, I, I a lot of... I mean, I've read a lot of stuff uh, <laughs> since the game, like a lot of um, a lot of match reports and a lot of opinions and a lot of, a lot of tweets. And um, I mean, my own take on it was... I know Jack and I were saying this at half-time... Monaco are just a bit smarter than we were. Um, and I think that oh, the, the the failing wasn't really in our inability to get back into the game because, I mean, how often at that level, how often do you claw back a 2-0 advantage? I mean, teams up there are smart. Yeah. Teams up there can defend. Also, um, I think uh, Jardim, the, the Monaco manager, uh, said at the end of it that, um, that sort of the bigger pitch was a factor and that's kind of been roundly dismissed by people. But actually... If you if you watch um, if you watch us especially in the first half when um, we weren't quite as camped in their half, um, if you see how easily they were able to pass their way around our high press, that was quite interesting. I mean, it was sort of I, I don't know what the dimensions are, but the Wembley pitch is pretty big. It's certainly bigger than White Hart Lane. Yeah, and it just seemed like they had a little bit more space to exit. And um, yeah, we just we just they never had that pressure. And and, and sort of also. Um, it's not like in the Premier League where you're pressing respectfully uh, some some fairly ordinary defenders because fun as our football is, it's not defensively excellent. Instead of you know if you're um, if you're pressing Curtis Davis, you might get a mistake. But these you know uh, uh, players 
like a seasoned Champions League or seasoned Europa League players, you know, they're technically good from the back. It's not the same as football, as British football, where bit of pressure, shit, shit, foot through it into Rosette or, you know, straight down the, the, the throw of a centre half. It, it's, it's not the same. Um, and, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I actually came away. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I, I don't think Monaco are a great team, but I was still impressed by what they did. And I, I think, you know, they, they got ahead of us. They took two goals. They were very economic, very precise. Fair play. There's no I mean, reason they, they, to they, think they, from that performance that we couldn't do exactly the same to them away, especially yeah, with the, I, I, yeah, exactly, the, the exactly. four blokes that turn up to watch them as well. It's hardly like it's an imposing place no, to go. Quite uh, no, I have, I have no, no, no doubt that we will still qualify. I, I think that, well, with the caveat that as long as we learn a little bit about... Um, I don't think we'll see Pochettino be that bold. Also, importantly, I, I think... Um, the only reason Dembele didn't start is because he hasn't for such a long time. Yeah. I think if Musa Dembele starts that game, we win it. Yeah, um, um, I mean, I've learned to take your um, your big dick out opinions with a pinch of salt over the past couple of seasons. Because we're going to talk about Son now. No, we? no, not Son. I mean, we're going to win the league and all sorts of that sort of a business <laughs> that you've been, <laughs> been known to profess in the past. Yeah, um, okay. has come back to bite us in the ass. So I'll uh, usually that's a bad sign uh, as far as okay. I'm concerned. The more well, confident, I, I, the more confident you are, the more concerned I am. Um, okay, well, I'll turn it down. I, I, I turn it down then uh, for your benefit. I don't. This podcast, I, this podcast is my, for my benefit. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> ours because we make such a big killing off it away from you. Remember. Uh, yeah. Um. But um. My like, I I don't feel we're less likely to qualify. I mean, my expectation isn't any less. Yeah. Really, Leverkusen and uh, Leverkusen blew two in the lead against uh, Seska. So, yeah. Um, there are these are vulnerable teams. It's not like we we've we've lost. If there was a a couple of realm, if we got the group most we're expecting us to get, like a sort of a Real Madrid and a Paris Saint Germain and a couple of Barcelonas, then yeah, we we we'd be pretty fucked. But it's not a strong group, um, and I have no, I I I I completely have faith in um, our ability to go there yeah. and beat them. Yeah, I want to um I want to flip one of the points you made um. Because you said that that Monaco was smart, which they were, and, and the word that mm. I used uh, more than once to describe how we approached the game was naive, um, because it was Pochettino's first game in the Champions League, and you know I, I went to some length about what I think the intention was putting that team out, but mm. at the same time I think that was our undoing as well, because it's it was odd to see us go to somewhere like Stoke and and almost give them the respects of playing Dyer and Wanyama and and having a more solid base and um and and having an extra defensively minded player next to Dyer and somebody who's sort of got the natural instincts and and has the nuances in their game to be able to read the game as a as a defensive component um and as good as Delia Lee is and and as as theoretic um uh, as well as you would do, sorry, in theory, in that position, sort of arriving into the box later, and um, you know his energy and enthusiasm, making up for any lapse in his in his defence, and he'll you know chase anyone around all day. Um, I just think there was there was areas in which that if we had started Wanyama or Dembele, we would have been better off for. And as you said, if if Dembele had started that game, we we would have probably won it. And I think it was maybe. Just some, you know, exuberance or, or enthusiasm for the yeah, occasion. Yeah, a bit of adrenaline, perhaps. I mean, because yeah, it was—it's like, not a very Pochettino decision to sort of, you know, go out with the intention bold. to yeah to kill a team. He, he sort of, he's always slightly more cautious than that. And it, you know, 
it, this is obviously with your twenty twenty hindsight goggles on because before the game, you know, as much as anyone, I sort of I looked at the team and sort of went, "Oh, this is wonderful." He's he's going in with the intention, and that's why it's not. That's why I'm not sort of blaming him for defeat or anything like that because while it might have been a naive decision, the intention was right and the the purpose behind it was what you'd want him to have. I think you'd be you'd be far more worried if in his first Champions League game we threw out the way in which we played going forwards and we played sort of Wanyama, Dyer and Dembele and sort of doubled down defensively or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, so the fact that he, he sort of he lent into a little bit of overconfidence rather than completely reverting and going into his shell was um it was a mistake on the night, and you can say that having watched. Do, do the you game. really think that? I mean, I I, I disagree. Watching, I, watching I, the game on television, yeah, I, I genuinely think that um, there was there was a flimsiness to us that wasn't there. I mean, you you brought up the fact that they they were able to pass around the high press, but uh, at the same yeah. time, we had so much extra room on the flanks that in those two spells we did really well in we we exploited them and it, it, the size of the pitch was just as much just as much against monaco as it was against us you, you you've both got to play on the same size of surface um you, the room that Kyle walker was afforded and, and ben davies on the other side to get in um was outrageous and so it, it sort of i was i was very but cautious then, Raj, don't you think i mean like that kind of uh, sorry to interrupt but that kind of feeds into like a point i wanted to make see i i uh, Pochettino was bold and you know you, you could sort of term that as naivety as well but then I would argue that actually all things you know going well um, he was really let down by some fairly poor individual first half performances yeah I think that the, 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 the two the two um, the two goals were came from mistakes they, they than... came from mistakes but also like got that I mean like that kind of stuff happens teams break away they score goals it's football but what my my point would be that um that <laughs> I know what people are gonna say when I say this, but like, you know, there was a reason, for instance, Son was hooked at half time. I didn't think Eric Lamella played very well. I I, I thought Kane was awful, actually. I thought, I, thought any, Ali... I thought any one of the front four could have come off in all honesty. Yeah, I I think that's fair. It's but just I, and I the just, fact that I, Lamella, I, Ericsson and Kane are far more integrated into the squad. Ericsson was yeah, Ericsson was was pretty poor and, and Ali like Ali the you know <sighs> I think Ali. Um, he was much better in the second half when he was put into a position well, because that he's he more had, familiar. That's it. He was given. He, he they took away the defensive responsibility. But it's not and, as and if he, he was. Became, um, it's not as if he was terrible in the first half either. It was just he, that. he wasn't terrible. He was just a bit. It, he looked like a young. He looked like someone who'd never played in the Champions League before. He was. He was. Uh, yeah, uh, he's the one that I'd sort of point the adrenaline finger at and say, the occasion got to you a little bit. Not in a sort of in a. Um, you know, in a in a crushing way, it just well, it became a little to, um, bit, a little bit wild. Yeah, it was interesting to hear the way in which the uh, some of the players were talking about the occasion before the game. There was a, an interview mm. um, that Rio Ferdinand did with um, with Harry Kane on BT Sport, in which Kane he he asked him um, what he was looking forward to most, and Kane went, "Oh, the music and the the ball." And I was like, "These are these are things that you know." <laughs> That's a fan. Thing, yeah, a child you know. points out about the. Uh, that's, like, that's what me and Jack were looking. For, yeah, and, and like, I mean, we, and every, everyone else we met was like, we're not missing the music in the stadium. Yeah, it would be, um, <laughs> it would be, it would be absolutely pathetic of us to say that you know a twenty-two-year-old playing his first Champions League game shouldn't be looking forward to those things because no, of course, yeah, he worked yeah, his yeah. ass off last season for that and you know for, to have that experience, and I'm sure maybe that was just him being 
a bit more honest and a bit more open than than maybe some footballers are. Maybe yeah. I'm so used to hearing the the sort of the PR drilled response another, to that question, which yeah, would be just um, another game, yeah, yeah, yeah just hundred ten percent that sort of thing. Off. Yeah, you know, it's, no, it's, I, it's I, actually, I think we both agree, Raj. Like we'd much rather he said what he said. It's, it's actually like, quite it's sweet to hear him say it. Yeah, but, it, it is. It's endearing, but it's just like you know when we're picking through the bones. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just all of this I, stuff it, looks so much different if they win that game, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. And I, I look, the thing about Pochettino man is, is that yeah, you, you can say that he got it wrong, and and I think in hindsight, and it only took him till half time to put it right as well. So it's not yeah, as if he's, and and he's, we were a lot. I mean, look. Also, let's let's give Monaco their juice. They defended very very well in the second half, and you know, it's, I mean, a lot of people around us were sort of moaning about our inability to kind of penetrate those central areas. They defended those central areas extremely well. They're in great um, form at the minute as well. They're, they're they are. Well, they just knocked off PSG a couple of weeks ago. Compared so, to when yeah. we played them last time and and, um, and yeah. done them by four, um, they're a, sort of mentally at least, they're a completely different side to, to the one yeah, we faced before. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, definitely agree. But I, I, I just, I, I think also, let, let's, um, I, you lose games. And I, I'm wary of doing this kind of, I, I know neither of us are really doing it, but... I don't. I don't think there's really sort of. It's just you learn from it. We'll flog the yeah. players if they don't learn anything from it. But last night, you know what? It, it, it happened, and there was some good bits. There were some bad bits. Um, chalk it up as a little bit of experience and move on. I. I mean, I. Um, yeah. I. 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 I think we've 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 said before on the pod that all three of us that we're a team who we rely on all 11 players playing to a certain level Yeah, because where, when one doesn't, we struggle. Mm. And I think last night we had, I don't think any of the front four can be particularly proud of what they did. Um, and it was just an off night. I think, I think sometimes, um, I, I, and I think this is the internet's fault and, you know, full of people like me actually who write about these things and, and people like you and it's just the way it's become Don't every, every result has no, oh, okay. Well, people <laughs> like me then fine. Um, yeah, but it's just like, we, we, we do, we overanalyze like people who, yeah, we, we, we were on a pod, we've got to fill an hour's worth of chat, you know, um, sometimes I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying we didn't play that well, Yeah. you know, and not, not get wrapped up at, at any sort of a, at a deeper level than that. Um, so move on. And, um, it, look, I also, I, I one of the things that annoyed me about all that negativity around me was I, I care about the result. I'd much rather we have, we'd have won because it would have made a very good night into a brilliant one, but it was still a, an amazing occasion. Um, I wouldn't, you know, outside of the actual football, I wouldn't change anything about it, uh, maybe leaving, but it, it was just, it was great. It was great fun. It, it is actually what being a fan is about. It's about sort of, you know, mingling with the people, you know, mingling with sort of fellow supporters before the game and, you know, and okay, listening to the deafening Champions League anthem and you know stuff like that—it's just great. Um, and we'll get it. We'll, we've got another two games at Wembley. We've got another five games in the group. We'll be fine. Yep, I think that's uh, that's it. It's a, it's a disappointing start, but it's it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's 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 good. That's a, a solid uh, amount of football content I think we've ever done on this podcast. Yeah, that's pretty so. pretty nice. Nice. Okay. So what happens? We've got when... we've got we've got big pro evolution soccer content in the second <laughs> half. Yeah, it's what happened when Jack's not here. Um, we've got somebody talking to uh, the wise men say Sunderland fans now. Um, I'm not sure which one of us will do it. Uh, but you're going to hear one of our voices, and then we think hear. it's going to be Jack. We think we think it'll be Jack. It, it may well be us. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> Gareth, um, welcome back to your show. Thank you very much for for being with us again. You, I think you've probably been on as, as much as anyone else, um, which you know 
thank you and also why you keep saying yes to us I'm not I'm not sure um, I don't know <laughs> no but thanks very much yeah I think it's because um, you know being in the Premier League for quite a long time you know it's probably quite incredible that you know we're still in the Premier League and secondary that I'm on all the time and we, we everything's always the same and we've achieved nothing in the time we've been the Premier League so I was, I was about to say that we, we may well be able to sort of cut and paste every conversation we've had and just sort of replace the name of the managers that are in are in the job Correct. at the time. Um, the only the only difference being this year is that you can't sort of sack someone a couple of days before the Newcastle game because they're, they're, they're no longer in the division. Is is that sort of worrying you now that you can't have that derby back? Um, I mean, well, funnily enough, I guess... I don't really class it as a derby, but we had Millsborough's second game of the season, which was Moyes' second game. And uh, we lost the first game and then lost to Millsborough. So there's some that pattern's somewhat been broken. Um, but if, if you class Millsborough as a derby anyway. But yeah, it's it's just a funny one, really. It's like we thought we had it all figured out. And then it was almost like we went from being in the best position we've been in in a long time to being in the worst we've been in in a long time, um, which is quite hard to believe, I guess, as if you watch Sunderland as an outsider thinking that's the worst situation they've been in, they've been in loads. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's the case. I mean, after that Everton game, if, if somebody, had, when we won 3-0 and stayed up, somebody had told me that night that I was set up a midfield three against Middlesbrough in our next home game would have been Stephen Pienaar, Lyndon Gooch and Jack Rodwell. I think I probably would have sent you off to Cherry Knoll, which is the local <laughs> mental hospital. So, do you um do you, do you not like Gooch, Stephen? I've been quite impressed with him. Just, I mean, I I, I don't sort of not I haven't obviously watched him watched him live, but he looks like quite a a lot underdeveloped player and and still obviously got quite a lot to learn, but promising in the sort of non Jack Rodwell way. Um, the thing about it is he's not really is it. He's a young player and he's got a lot to learn. He's, he's had about he was on loan at Gateshead, yeah. Um, and then last season he had a short loan at Doncaster, um, yeah. but he got injured. But they got relegated, so um, it's a funny one. Really, he's probably played about ten first team games um, before he started this season. In the chores, I mean, he's really promising. I mean, he's got a lot going for him. But he's not somebody you should be playing week in, week out in the Premier League if you want. No, I got, comp- I'll, I'll give you that, yeah. And that's what it is. Um, and the same can be said done and what more. I mean, the front three, sorry, the, well, the, the three behind the four are Yanazai, Watmore and, and Gooch at the moment. Um, and they're uh, 65 years old between the three of them. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Yanazai, you know, for all his talent, is, he's still learning and when you've got, you know, if he, if he was in there with like a couple of experienced players, you'd be thinking, fine, you know, he's going to be able to flourish a bit. But because the other players around him are so incomplete as well, it, it, it kind of eradicates his threat. So, yeah, yeah. They, they need to really address that problem. Um, and against Tottenham, I wouldn't be playing either Watmore or Gooch, to be honest. 
earlier on in the season, um, David Moyes had a press conference in which he was asked about how the season would go, and I think he quite, you know, frankly said that um, it'd be another tough season for Sunderland, and that you know because he was brought in with not a lot of time to prepare, he didn't bring in you know as many players or that you know have time to scout and sort of you know have a pre-season in the traditional fashion as a manager would um, coming into a new club he, he sort of was a bit more honest and frank about it than, than people wanted to be I, I mean personally I'm not a, a huge fan of David Moyes we spent a lot of time at, at Tottenham being linked with him while he was at Everton and I was always very happy when we avoided him um, but um, coming in to, to Sunderland now and especially sort of answering in the way he did and, and being honest in, in that sort of regard. I, I personally didn't see too much wrong with it because I would have it would have been far more jarring had he sort of gone, Yeah, we'll 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 be fine, you know, it's, everything's rosy here and, you know, I'll be able to fix everything overnight because that would have I think that would have given people unrealistic expectation. It might not be the finest PR in the world. Um but I think sometimes a, a small dose of honesty is is better than sort of just a platitude that doesn't actually mean anything. Um, that doesn't appear to have been how it was taken in Sunderland, though. Was, it, were people quite taken aback with with sort of his lowering of expectations? Um, I don't think so, no. I don't think he really lowered any expectations because we don't really have any. I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know, I mean... I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, we were in a situation where we're a team in the bottom eight all the time, so... If you're in the bottom eight in the Premier League, you're probably not going to be safe. Even if you're one of the better teams in the bottom eight, you're still not going to be safe till like the end of April. So you're always going to be like in the mix relegation-wise. So it's not news that we're going to be, you know, in in a relegation battle. Um, and you know, to me, I, I, it didn't particularly bother me because, you know, I think the right, you know, the writings on the wall, you know, the way the summer went. Um, with losing, with losing um, uh, Allardyce the way we did, not having any time, um, you know, to really do anything. I mean, I know we had the rest of the window. I think there's a lot, a lot of guys made as well during the window about, you know, people saying that this uh, fellow's a panic buy that we signed in Don. But like, really, you know, we we bid for him about four times during the window, um, and and, and got him in. But it was a really tough window. They were trying to bring people in, but it just, it's just difficult. I mean, people don't want to come to a team who are going to be fighting relegation, um, like we are every time. Um, and, you know, there's more glamorous places that can go and get probably more money than Sunderland. So I think we're pretty realistic up here about... We're frustrated because... I think there's a feeling like it really frustrates me when you hear comments like Phil Neville made the other night on Monday Night Football, which I didn't see, I just read it, where he said that we, um, basically David Moyes, if he keeps Sunderland up, it'll be the best job he's ever, the greatest achievement of his career or something. That is we're only, bollocks. We're only, we're only four games into the season. Um, and it, people have got, to, got this idea that when people come to Sunderland, it's like they're doing us a favour. By being, oh, here, I saw not. you tweeting about this. Actually, yeah. I, I agree with you completely. It's um, they're getting paid a fortune to come to Sunderland yeah. and make us a team, and nobody's managed to do that apart from Allardyce. Had there was signs there. I mean, we went unbeaten for well, we lost one of our last eleven games last season. That was to Leicester. Yeah, 
um, which is pretty decent. I mean, that's a quarter of a season. So, yeah, I mean, there were signs there. We had some good players and, you know, I mean, it's it's just, it's like this weird kind of mentality. It's like that all we do, all we deserve is what we get and we don't. We, we I wouldn't even say we, do, we think we deserve more, but it'd be nice if people showed us a little bit of respect and, you know, well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's almost like... The, the the the, the pressure's immediately off Moyes with comments like that because it's like saying, well, if you fail, it doesn't matter because it wasn't your fault. But if you achieve anything, then it's brilliant because you've done a fantastic job. I think that's, that's just a wrong attitude to have. Well, Stephen, it's funny because um, the um, oh sorry, Gareth, I'm talking to Gareth, aren't I? I keep calling you Stephen, mate. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, we're, we're same. We're all on the same account. It's fine. Oh, okay. I um, I. <laughs> Uh, the, the thing about Sunderland is that ultimately, a lot forget your recent history, and uh, I think everyone accepts that kind of there's been quite a lot of mismanagement. And you need you back and forward, um, back and forwarded through sort of philosophies and directors of football and managers, and you know, Ada Shaw has made quite a few short-term appointments, but ultimately, you still play in front of fifty thousand people every week, every other week. You still receive the. Um, the revenue from the broadcasting contract. There's no real, there's no sort of actual proper watersite reason why a manager can't come in and do more. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. More than just firefight, essentially. If I've understood you right, Cause it's just—it's just a weird thing. It's just that you know the the mentality. Like when Phil Neville says something like that, the implication is that there is this mythical glass ceiling for Sunderland at about 16th place in the league, which is just a really funny way to think because if you look at sort of the achievements of a like you know a, a Bournemouth, for for instance, I don't want to use the Hackney Leicester example, but like you know upwardly mobile teams, Swansea City are a very good example. I guess Southampton. You know, it's just. I know that the, sort of the area of the country where you're in is is it makes recruitment harder um, for foreign players, and you know your your last few seasons make it harder because players anticipate a relegation struggle. But the right mentality, sort of, there's no yeah, it's just a funny one. It's just being kind of accepted this that you been, are this team now. This is a grad. It's a grad. It's been a gradual thing. So like in football, you're very much like you know that then you're only as good as your last game or whatever. We're very much in the now. So. People look at it and on the face of it, it's like, well, they, these teams are spending all this money um, and you're not. So why is that? Or 
you know, how are they, how are Crystal Palace and how are Bournemouth avoiding breaches of financial fair yep. play when Sunderland yep. are playing within the boundaries? Well, the fact of the matter is, this has been a slow build-up to, you know, catastrophe really, because when we came up under Keane in 2006, so we've been in the Premier League for 10 years, um, we spent lots of money. Um, we spent lots of money on Steve Bruce. We bought players like Fraser Campbell. We bought for like five million, six million pounds. Um, Kieran Richardson was six million pounds, um, and they both left for nothing. Um, Craig Gordon was nine million pounds. He left for nothing. Um, Craig Garner was six million pounds. He left for nothing. Danny Graham was five million pounds. He left for nothing. Stephen Fletcher was twelve million pounds. He left for nothing. Adam Johnson eleven million pounds went for nothing. So when you total it all up, we, we're not really getting any money back on our investments. In oh, yeah, I, I hadn't realised that. I mean, I, I so, know of it now that you mention it, but that's, uh, that's yeah. quite a damning statistic, set of statistics. So, so, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a never-ending list. I mean, you know, there's kind of players we've brought in and, and, and have, you know, and have failed uh, or, and we've not made any money back on, the, on, on their investments and not just off the pitch when we sold them. Or they've left on a free, which is indicative of how good they were for Sunderland um, on the pitch in terms of performance and success, which breeds opportunities to bring better players in to progress. And and because it didn't work the first couple of times, um, obviously we, we I mean we the one good bit win, we had a good window under Steve Bruce where we brought in um, Lee Catamall and um, and uh, Darren Bent. Um, people like that and Lorik Sana um, you know that was a good window and, and we had a decent season but then obviously we lost Darren Bent we, we, you know we sold him for twice we bought him to be fair there's a counter argument what I've just yeah, said yeah 24 million for Darren Bent didn't you something did, like something, yeah. something absurd yeah yeah so I mean this is a problem that's been building for a long time and we, our wage bill's ridiculous because what happens as well is we sign all these players they're no good and then we end up, we can't get rid of them. So like people like Will Buckley in recent times, Liam Bridcut. So they Bridcut, come in, yeah. they com- their combined transfer fees about 8 million quid. And then we can't sell them on. Nobody wants them and we're paying them a Premier League wage. And then we've got to loan them out and then we're having to subsidise their wages and replace them in the squad with better. So yeah. it becomes this pro- problem where, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of average players in your squad who you can't even use and they're on astronomical wages which means there's a wage cap which, which you can't breach so we can't bring better in so when we got rid of Altador again who was £6 million which is probably the best bit of this we've ever done in swapping Altador for uh, Jermaine Defoe um, yeah. you know we had a problem there we couldn't really do anything else but that because there was no wages free to bring anybody else in so we're kind of that's why every every manager's coming in firefighting because we're we're it's a, an inferno. <laughs> it's like this constant <laughs> like a fire in southwest Australia, just never ending, just sweeping across the region. <laughs> so we've got a real we've got a real problem in that sense. And the only way that that is going to ever end is if we if we perform on the pitch. But you constantly, you know. I ask you this question every time. I think you you come on, and every time you say no, but um, it's always something that I always have in the back of my head for for clubs such as yourself. We're in this sort of a, a spiral where every time you you have a start, it ends up being a false start, and you can't really get any momentum going from sort of as you say the the bottom end of the league because 
And there are so many teams that have sort of fallen into a better position than you have financially that they're able to to sort of keep on adding to their squad in a way that you can't. That you end up sort of just being sort of punched back down every time you try and climb up the ladder, mm. um, to put it quite bluntly. And it's you know it's often no fault of the manager that's just become come in as you say because he's inherited somebody else's problem and and somebody else's mistakes before usually making their own. Um, would a season down like Newcastle are having now where sort of you've seen what they've been able to do? I mean, they made us pay £30 million for Moussa Sissoko. Um, they, they can sort of revitalise their squad, you know, use the parachute payments as, as best they can, get a bit of belief back by winning a few football matches. They won, was it 6-0 the other night away at QPR? I don't think they scored think five, six goals that? in a month. Was it five? I think it might have been six really? actually by the end of it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know they they get a bit of belief back in the place, and that you know they're more than likely come back up, you know, automatic and and sort of the psychology of that is sort of almost like a hard reset. You know, the, the championship isn't as bad as it used to be. Um, I'm a season ticket holder down there, and you know I support the club that are top of the championship at the minute, um, so to speak. So I I'm well aware of the the sort of level and things that are down there. Um, so. Is that not something that would would interest you now, rather than sort of keep on going through this same repeated cycle in the Premier League? Uh, not really, no, because you can't <laughs> you can't predict what's going to happen if you get relegated. I think, to be fair, in Newcastle, probably... is it not something that can be stage managed though? No, nah, I don't think. Not... I don't think. I think we're so far down the line that um, getting relegated, uh, the the financial hit that would take. So, so look at Newcastle. Although for however everyone obviously rightly dislikes Mike Ashley, mm. you could argue that they're actually on paper quite a well-run football club. So when they've gone down, they've had they've spent a hundred, they've bought the league, like they've spent a hundred million pounds in the championship, and they already had players like Mitrovic left over and Shelby left over that, and um, people like that who they who they bought in January who were designed to keep them up. But they, they didn't, but they're still at the club. Um and, and you know, they've they've got you know, their squad is ridiculous really, um, for that level. So they I think, you know, yeah, they won six 0 the other night. They should be winning every game till the end of the season and, and cantering that league easy, um, because of the resources that they've got. That wouldn't be the situation with Sunderman. We wouldn't have those resources. Um it, it just wouldn't happen. We we you know, we because we, we're in such a in the such in the in the red financially, we we couldn't throw that money at it because we all would have taken a financial hit by getting relegated. So it's almost like the way I look at it at the moment is I know people have said, well, the TV money's come in, so why aren't Sunderland spending? Well, firstly, it's le- the playing field's still the same because the prices have gone up because the everyone's got more money, so it's not really had that much of an effect. And secondly. You know what we just, what we do, I'm sure we've all got overdrafts and loans and and uh, credit card bills to pay. What would you? The first thing, as soon as you like, say you won, you know, fifty grand on a scratch card. The first thing you'd do is you'd clear your debts, wouldn't you? Eh, Vegas. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess you know this first this first chunk of money that we'll get from the TV. I imagine will go a long way to clearing a lot of the debt that we've got to try and get us back on an even keel so we can go again if we stay up next season. So that that's the way they've got to play it at the moment. So I think getting relegated, I know what you're saying, on, on, it sounds like a good idea because in theory, yeah, 
you might win a few games and you might build that confidence and it'd be a bit different. But you can't guarantee that. And also the the effect that that would have on the club and the, the community because having a Premier League football club in Sunderland yeah. is massive and a lot of people would lose their jobs. Um, you so, could also become another Oldham, like another, another well, an original Premier League team that just... You know, lead, well, without without the kind of like the the kind of the um, the mad dysfunction, but you know, just just sort of for every Newcastle who are capable of bouncing back up, there seem to be many other teams that you just you forget we're ever in the Premier League. Um, I mean, our record level is very good. We haven't finished below third um, in that division yeah. since came up under Peter Reid in nineteen ninety six. Um, so in twenty years, when we've been in that league, even when we haven't gone up. We've we've finished third um, or higher, so I mean we've got a good record, yeah. But I don't really want to be. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get relegated to get better. I want them. I want them to find a way to be better in the league that we are in. And at the moment, I don't think. For example, I can't see any sense in spending eight million pounds on Papi Gillibodji. And selling units triple three and a half million to one of your rivals. That's a completely illogical step. Wasn't Kabul a personal like wasn't it a a bottle account? He he he'd um he had a, a newborn child on the way and that's why I wanted to move to London or I mean Yeah. I understand I mean, the frustration, that's, that's, but for that's you very, but... that's all very well, but you sell them for three and a half million quid. Oh, you he's, mean the fee? Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you. He's, argued, yeah. he's probably in the you know the prime of his career as a centre back at twenty, like thirty years old. Um, yeah. He had an excellent season for us last year, and we're selling him for three and a half million quid to somebody who was supposed to be competing with. And then we buy Papi Gillibodji, who's twenty-seven and can't doesn't know how to defend at twenty-seven years old, and like yeah. David Moyes about schooling him and. Well, he shouldn't need to be schooled at twenty-seven. He, sh- he should be on the way to being the finished article. Yeah, no, you know, I agree with that. when we spend six million pound on Paddy McNair and Donald Love, I mean, Donald Love is, well, I'm, I mean, astonishing. It was speechless, really. I mean, you know, he had nine games at Wigan last season, mm. and you can see why he was playing in League One because I tell you what, he can't do anything. Like he can't yeah, pass it. I run with it. Transfer. Yeah. Just terrible. I mean, you know, you got it. Your hard calls out there because he's chucking in the Premier League and he's trying to learn how to play football in the Premier League. But we've got, we've probably got academy products at 21 years old who would do, do as as good a job as Donald Love. Paddy McNair looked really average. Um, and I don't think he's going to be the kind of person who's going to really make much of an impact. We spent 30 million on Didi and Don, who I've never really seen. Um, so I don't know what he'd be like, but Sunderland can't afford to spend thirty million pounds on a on a prospect. They have to spend thirty million pounds on a player who can play. So he has to play on Sunday because if he doesn't, I'm questioning why we're spending thirty million pounds on that player at this stage. You mentioned Sunday. If we um, talk about the game that's coming up, it's at White Lane. I got it wrong earlier when I was mm. talking to you. Like I thought it was at Stadium of Light. Usually we have an early game at Stadium of Light. I think that's why it is yeah. earlier on in the season. It seems that's the way the uh, the uh, fixture list usually seems to form. That's the excuse I'm going to use anyway. <laughs> um, I was I was uh, I was fairly confident. Um, when I spoke to you about it, um, I essentially said that if if Tottenham turn up and, and essentially have the right attitude, especially at home, there's no no good reason why we shouldn't beat you. Um, is a 
have you got any anything to say against that or is it is it one of those that you've sort of almost written off and, and a point would be good for you? I think, I mean, a point would be amazing. I mean, if we get a point, I mean, I'd snap your hand off for a point now. I mean, that would be a brilliant result. I can't see it happening. Um, you know, even if we, you know, it's just got one of those like, you know, it's good but it's not right sort of feels about it. It'll be like, oh, we try a bit harder and we do okay, and then in the 75th minute or something, you know, there'll be a bit of quality and it'll be at 1-0 and that'll be the game over. You know, because that, that's the, the way things tend to happen, you know. It's like, if we're not getting hammered, it'll be a valiant effort which ends in defeat. But they're all defeats. So, mm. you know, it's still you still haven't got, you know, any, 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 any you haven't made any ground. You haven't got yourself out, out of that rut and... We've got a few. We've got Palace at home after after you, and then I think we we've got we've got Stoke. I think we've got West Brom to come. So they're always the games where you email. Think well, we've got a nice run of games. You know, we feel dismally in those. So, but you know, our season gets going in about six months, something like that. I'm trying to think. Probably a bit longer, about seven months is usually when we kick in the gear. So. You know that's what I'm looking forward to now. I'm I'm, I'm looking ahead to March when the season begins, <laughs> and hopefully we're not like drifting the bottom three. But yeah, I can't say anything other than a very comfortable Tottenham win on Sunday. And I think if any Sunderland fan told you otherwise, I'd be lying. Thanks very much for your time, Gareth. Thanks again for coming on. Hopefully, when we speak later on in the season, you'll be a bit you know higher up the table there'll be something to cheer about <laughs> maybe Gooch has turned into into a, into a proper player Paddy McNair's the next Paolo Maldini you never know well <laughs> I, I know <laughs> no no we'll see what happens I mean you know we've got January to come and, and V is you know the one that we're trying to get and couldn't get and everyone's desperate the for him to come back with uh, Gareth what's um uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It's a really opaque situation. I don't really understand why. Um, yeah, because he, he he seemingly sort of caught in a kind of theoretical limbo between clubs now. So apparently he's, he's so he was left out of Kazan's squad, yeah. um, but I think he's back in it now. Right. So I think he, he's been, so he's got he can play football now. So that's a good thing from Sunderland's perspective because apparently. According to David Moyes, he signed a pre-contract for January. Okay. So okay. he should be coming in January. But Kazan wanted €7 million Euros for him for us to sign him in the summer, which obviously is ridiculous because his contract expires and it's Christmas. So they're just basically just saying, well, we aren't bothered. We'll just like let it. You know, we'd happily let, just let him crack on. And, you know, if you want to give us €7 million, fine. If not, then you miss out and then you'll have to wait till January. So that was a situation, really, and you know you can't really blame Sunderland for not spending no. seven million pounds now, you know, no, no, which is just like four months. Hope, no. Yeah, for four months. Um, Especially when you don't start playing until March. That absolutely. I mean, you'll you'll come in, but I mean, that's it. it we've got loads of midfielders. I mean, that, that's the that's the opposing argument, I and mean, we've got Kershaw, um, who's back from injury. Catamol's injured. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. I think Kershaw's a super player. I already do. I I know he had a bit of a rough time to start with, but he um he was excellent in your unbeaten sequence. It's brilliant. But he had one he had the one bad game against at White Hart Lane. Yeah, yeah. Earth is this bloke, and then he played against Man City 
Yes, he missed the next game. Then he played against Man City in central midfield because he played. He came in and played in the back three when at Tottenham, and he was absolutely brilliant. And since that game, but he's, he's a touch of class on the ball. Like he's just, he's great. Um, and we've got him Dong now. We'll probably sit beside him, and he's got a bit of energy about him. Apparently, Stephen Pienaar, who we picked up in the summer, like I would have thought, why on earth are we bringing this player in? He's actually looked very good in central midfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's just sitting in there, but like we've got the the three we had uh, on 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 uh, Monday, which was Rodwell, trying to think, Yazai played in the middle, uh, the top of the midfield, um, and Kershaw. Um, yeah, I mean Rodwell's just laughable, really. I mean, there's not a player in the top two divisions who couldn't do what he did on Monday. I mean, he just does nothing, passes it three four yards either side, and that's it. Um, I mean, yeah, not not good. Um, so, I mean, we've just got to get some players fit. I mean, we've got 11 injuries. I mean, Barini's out at Christmas, which is a massive blow because he's really important for us. I mean, he's not the best player in the world, but he's horrible. And he does, like, naughty things and irritates people and falls over and holds his face and all the things you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. You do need players like that in your team. It's, yeah, it's, it's the little, little prick role. But he plays yeah. so well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Every, every uh, little thing, he's got his leg broken and he's rolling yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, like one of those sort of things, you know. But we haven't got. There's no nastiness. There's no, you know. I, I would have O'Shea back in at the weekend, even though he hasn't had a great time, you know, recently. Um, I'd, I'd still have him in because of that organisation, and we'll desperately miss like a Catamol or someone like that. Um, but you know, leadership. We're only lacking leadership and quality, and uh, you know, players and points. So you know, what can possibly go wrong? Uh, head up, Gareth. Head up. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, thanks very much, man. Thank you, and and well, sort of good luck for Sunday, but more, more importantly, good luck um, between now and March. Cheers, man. Welcome back to Roller Roost. Jack, uh, Jack turned himself a night off, so me and Seb valiantly jumped in and spoke to Gareth from Wise Men Say instead. Um, as you could probably hear, Sunderland aren't very much looking forward to the game, so there's no real excuse for us not to, to win that one. It's always nice, isn't it? Well, I say nice in a perverse sort of way. When we, we've sort of sat there for half an hour before and complaining about the chances we failed to score at a sold-out Wembley, playing Monaco in the Champions League, and then you speak to a Sunderland fan who just sort of, you know, <laughs> he, I think the most positive he got during that conversation was that he said, if they avoid relegation next season, which he hadn't completely counted out yet as a, as a possibility. So uh, the fact that we, we, we sort of exist in two different universes but play in the same league maybe highlights the, uh, the way in which money is... Um, has has played its part, I think. Um, it's not as if Sunderland didn't have any. I think they've just, as he detailed, have used it inexplicably badly. Mm. Um, I feel great sympathy for Sunderland fans, actually, because that is, I mean, the level of... I, 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 I'm at a loss to try and explain some of the decisions Ellis Short has made. And actually, when, when Gareth talked about um, the uh, the amount of players who have been bought for sort of you know relatively large fees and have fucked off for nothing he did he did mention adam johnson is going for nothing i sort of went this yeah I, I i was thinking that i i, I heard your silence and i just thought raj 
Raj, I'm not Raj, sure, you know, uh, her, her majesty's pain for the don't, honor. Don't, don't say it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I don't want to kick him while he was uh, audibly down. I don't think you can flog Sunderland fans with Adam Johnson. No, uh, they've got yeah other things that aren't their fault yeah, to worry about as well. So. There, there, there you go, yeah. Anyway, moving on from from that um, if we speak to your own version of Sunderland Seb uh, the Son situation Son Gate as it's now called mm. um, I imagine you know your phone was uh, was alive and kicking after he scored two goals against Stoke we, we sort of saved it for the second half because it's its own little you know side plot of the podcast now it's one of those to be things. honest mate we could actually we could turn this into a separate podcast yeah the Son discussion, oh, man against Son. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Uh, I really want to send you two on to uh, Jeremy Kyle together, and just to see, you know, what happened. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you two, just an awkward I, silence as you. Sort I don't. Of... I don't hate Hung, Hung Min Son. I, I really don't. I, I just. I'm frustrated by him. I, and, and you know what? I'm glad we, we're recording tonight because this the last four days have, have, have kind of um, illustrated why he frustrates me. He is such a talented footballer, and yet. Saturday against Stoke, he was it wasn't quite as good as it was made out, but he played very well, and um, you know he, he he deserved his starting spot in um, last night. Uh, last night, awful, and 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 rightly subbed at halftime. But as a theme, I don't think he especially stood out, did he? Well, that was the thing, man. He he, he just my issue with Son is not his ability; it, it's his it's his ability to. Uh, it, it, it's his tendency to express his ability forcefully. Now, like the comparison I always draw is the difference between the difference in attitude between an Eric Lamella and a Hongmin Son. And Lamella has bad games, and Lamella has moments in games which are poor, but he never hides in games, and he never sort of checks out emotionally from them. And that might be to his detriment sometimes. But even if he's having a bad game, there'll always be a moment, even if it's fleeting, where. Like he, he played badly last night, but, you know, provided the cross for the goal, very nearly created a, an equaliser for Adele Alley. Son, once he missed the, that, that, that first chance, was nowhere. He was gone. And I, I, I don't... I, I mean, that's, that might sound a little unfair, but, you know, sort of in the context of his Tottenham career as a whole, it just... It, it, it all... I mean, I, I, Jack will tell you, like, we were talking about a, a sort of a kick-off last night, saying, oh, you know, you wanted to play shit. I was like... I'd love nothing more than him to score a hat-trick tonight. Worry about, like, when, when a Tottenham player is on the field, right behind him, always want us to do well, always want us to win. But around that, it, I, I don't see that anything I've said is really unfair. And well, I got a little bit of chat on Saturday for it. But then I, I, that in, in itself is kind of, it, it's sort of contradictory because he, he, it shows you what he is actually capable of doing. And when when he's right, and when he not saying when he wants to be a, a factor in games, but when he is a factor in games, look what he can do, and yet look what he's done in between that game, the the, the Stoke game, and whenever his last good performance was, I can't even name it. Um, and I don't think that's unfair. I, I I think that when you're a twenty million pound player at a club like ours, I think you should be held to a much higher standard than he has been. I think it should. I think it should require a lot more than a couple of goals away to Stoke for the, not the entire fan base, but there's so many people to sort of say, oh, well, it's all okay now. I'm not having a go at people because everyone got everyone was rightly happy with the Stoke game and yeah, 4-0 away is, is brilliant. But in the cold light of day, I, I don't I don't see that anything's really changed. I want I want him to be 
you can't demand that he's what he was at Stoke every week, uh, admittedly. But then he 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 needs to be more than that, sort of every four months. He's he's a very very good player. He's a seasoned international. He has got all the ability a player could ever want. Um, he should be a regular difference maker. And I I just I I when when he signed for us, uh, and I've always had this back in my mind as um uh I I. I if I if I'm if I've misremembered this, I'm I'm really sorry. But I I remember speaking to Archie Reintart, who covers the Bundesliga. Uh, excellent journalist, definitely should follow him on Twitter. And he said, "Flimsy footballer, mentally." Like he and and I kind of I got caught up in this sort of um, brilliant. I've seen the highlights. I've seen him play a little bit. He looks great. Great signing for us. Fantastic. And then since then, everything I've seen has been has reminded me of that initial assessment. Um, and I, I, I think we've got a lot of talented players in our squad. And I think that, you know, um, I think that some of the, the other players would benefit from the minutes that he's getting, um, that, you know, uh, let me rephrase that as clumsy. Um, I've had four hours sleep. I'm really sorry. Um, but what, what I mean is going forward, if Son's level continues to fluctuate in this way i'd rather see his minutes go to Enkodu or sissoko i'm not even a sissoko fan i will be when he when he steps on the pitch for us but i just there's something wrong there it's it's i don't think i i i i would love it him to sort of slap me in the face figuratively with six months of brilliant form and i'll take cheerfully take all the twitter abuse from it nothing would make me happier because it would, it would be tied to tottenham success but i just don't see it i I see a player that's very technically capable. He reminds me of old Tottenham, of that kind of you know, flawed class that we used to have in small, isolated pockets. A sort of, you know, I, I, I can do good things when I want to, but, you know, on a week-to-week basis. And remember, this is a team built on collective spirit and on all 11 players performing to a certain level. And as we said in the first half, when somebody drops below that level, we're fucked. Okay. Um, and I see him as a weak link. Mentally, all right. all right. I think uh, having heard what you said, and, and you know the 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 Bundesliga correspondent having said something to it, I think there might be a, some level of confirmation bias in in what you're saying. Um, I have no doubt, but that that's the thing. We we are Tottenham fans. Yeah, um, we but, we can't avoid like looking at the negative stuff because it's it's habitual to us. But mate, like I want to be proved wrong. I yeah. want I want I want to I, I want to see not Stoke yeah. every week, but Stoke. Once a month, at least. Yeah. You know, what I was going to say, though, is that I'm getting reasonably bored of having this son conversation every week and having to dedicate no, 10 minutes to it. You're bored of it. Fuck well, I was, was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm bored of it, I'm sure you are. So what I was going to do yeah. is I, was, I, I just had a quick look on the uh, on the fixture list while you were you know ranting and raving, as you want to do when son's mentioned. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll just put a line underneath it until... Uh, the 31st of January is when we play Sunderland again, so it's a nice little bit of uh, symmetry. It's a few months. It gives, you know, a, Thank a, God. Yeah, a reasonable yeah. amount of time to pass, and then regardless of, of what's happened in between, we'll revisit this situation properly because we usually have a bit oh. of a break over, over Christmas and whatnot. We'll have yeah. far more of this season. It'll be half the season by then that's gone by. We'll, uh, a lot more to work with in terms of what he does rather than sort of evaluating what he does game by game. Yeah. Um, I can't promise that, we, you know, if he goes on to score a hat-trick between now and January, <laughs> me and Jack won't take the piss out of you every <laughs> week on week. But at the same 
time just sort of you know rather than having to to do yeah, this every we, we week. can't do this every week because it's just like it's become i do like, hope people the tweet only thing people well. people talk about now like on twitter i just every uh, every touch he takes now is a kind of yeah we're trying to we'll come back in we'll come back in we'll come back in january and we'll, we'll see yep What's right, move on, move on. Let's just... Ah. We haven't really had any questions this week, which, you know, I'm not too fussed about. I don't think there's anything we've particularly missed, so I'm, I don't think no. we've any need for, for questions. Um, the one thing we needed to talk about between the two of us was Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah. Um, because you two, you know, you admitted to me you'd date a little secret last week and um, <laughs> you made me download the demo um, and I actually spent one night, I had a free block of time and I spent like two, three hours playing like, you know. What, just on the demo? Just on the demo playing it, yeah, because you can actually get a decent 10-minute game out of it and, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, enough teams yeah. there to, to sort of get a, an all right feel for it and the, the full game's not going to be too much different in the amount of time between the two being released. So I thought I'll I'll have a proper go of it. And I went on a bit of a journey, to be honest with you, um, yeah. because the first thing, the first most jarring thing was on the demo, I wasn't able to change the buttons around, so I was still crossing with circle, which just is an abomination. Ah, uh, okay, that would be difficult. Yeah, yeah that, it, it just disgusts me to my core. But, uh, but I, this is the thing, you have the reverse problem, because I'm a Pro Evolution original. So when I play FIFA, I switch the buttons around. Oh really? That's yeah, that's yeah, disturbing. Mate, like, You're like sh- somebody. Shoot, shoot is square for me. It oh. always has been. Yeah, that's that's wrong, mate. Your brain's wired up wrong. Yeah, uh-huh. even after all these years, because I like I I haven't been really a, a PlayStation person for like for about three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I came back to it, it's just it's habitual. Got to can't can't no, can't I was, can't I was, cross the square. I was FIFA first. The legendary FIFA '98 was my first football game. Okay. Um, so it was always circle for me. And then when I switched to Pro Evo, every year I'd switch the buttons around to the to the FIFA button. So even though I wasn't playing FIFA, right. everything was back at the the FIFA button, just because they, you know, the, it made sense to me in my brain, and that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do. Anyway, yeah. so once I got over that, um, I didn't like it at first because the game is really good. Like the speed of it, I like the sort of the pitch feels larger than it does on FIFA, which I know it sounds weird, but it does. The players feel bigger on the screen and stuff like that. So I actually quite like the look of it. Um, but there were a few things that just like I found a bit jarring to start with, like um, shooting from distance. Um, it's difficult. It's not just difficult. They, they make the most absurd decisions I've ever seen. Like the power bar bears in no relation to how hard you're ever going to hit the ball. Yeah. I swear I tapped it once and like he skied it. And then another time I got it really wrong and smashed it really hard. And it, he did a, a P-roller across the floor. Um, so that was... You, another... you, can, I, can, I, can I just interrupt to, to help you around that problem? Mm-hmm. Turn the power bar off. Because pro, it, it, it's based on like... The power bar, like you say, it, it's it's kind of meaningless because like your shot is determined by your player's angle, uh, all kinds of stuff. Just turn it off and feel the shot's pace. <laughs> um, the other yeah. thing was, um, it, it seemed like crossing was the best way of attacking. Like the defenders are, are weirdly magnetic to the ball, so even if you play a really good pass somewhere. Um, the defender always seems to have a step on you, and there's like mm-hmm. as 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 hard as I try to sort of switch to the player receiving the ball and step to the and get possession first. These you know, for, these defenders were suddenly on me before I had a chance of getting the ball, which was really strange. 
And, Very um, non-FIFA, that. Yeah, there's so many things that are just a polar opposite to how the approach is on FIFA, and a lot of my early issues with the game were simply the fact that it, I was playing a football game that wasn't FIFA, and it's been so yeah. many years since I've have given that amount of time and consideration to a Pro Evolution soccer game. Um, but my biggest problem and the thing that even after I'd been on my little journey still jars me and I still think is uh, possibly the, the the thing that makes FIFA still for me the the better version of the two if I, if I had to put my neck on the line because the one thing that I, I think I did come to was that they're two completely different experiences and playing one and the other is you get two different things out of it, I think. Um, like, I think on Pro Evo, it's more, you you feel rewarded for sort of breaking a team down and the best goal I scored was sort of, I managed to play like a crossfield ball, knock it down and, and send my fullback on an overlap around the defence and play a through ball through and, and then I did a like a treble smash on my cross button straight across a six yard box and there was a tap in at the far post yeah and so that just that being able to play a triangle and that sort of almost a football simulation of Prevo was rewarding but um just the the animations the thing that jarred me the most the goalkeepers look really strange when they're saving like they'll do like a even if it's like a soft shot they'll do a massive dive for it and mm-hmm. it just it felt a little less realistic than FIFA has become over the past few years. It almost like, you know, when at that time when FIFA was bad, the sort of the the weird exaggerations it had back then is sort of the things that Proiva has now. You can almost tell that FIFA has had so much more money invested into it. It's obviously yeah, the far yeah, more yeah. slicker and smoother one to play. Proiva does feel a bit like a throwback. Um, because it does, the players look a bit boxier. It feels a bit boxier. The controls are that much, that bit more sort of um, rudimentary. Um, mm. I feel because even even little things like you know on FIFA they've brought in that the hard ground pass and you know you can do the finesse shot and little shit like that that you're aware of and like first touch buttons and just little things that become second nature on FIFA of just flicking the analog here and that the things that you can actually see making a a little marginal difference in the game just aren't there on pre-evolution, but it is a much more sort of raw and stripped down experience. But by the end of it, after I'd played for two, three hours, obviously far more comfortable with the controls and everything and enjoyed it a lot more. Um, I, th- I think, I think what would help you is I think your points of some of your points are valid. Um, I, I went like, into it actually really wanting to like it because I, you know, I, I quite enjoy having a knockabout with you and, and, um, and, and Jack on it. And the fact that you can't shoot from distance means that your main weapon against me on any football <laughs> game has been taken away from you. Well, I, I just get, get the game because one of the key aspects of it, in my mind anyway, is as it was in the beginning, it is the master league facility. Like it's a very immersive experience. It's very my issue with FIFA, and the reason I I don't think to be honest I'll buy the new one because I Jack Jack uh, phoned me the other day and so I, and told me that the demo was out and he played it was disappointed and told me to have a go and see what I thought. And I I played I I don't know how long the, the little demo games are in that, but they, I think it's sort of like five minutes. Within five minutes, I was bored of it. I just thought I, I'm not enjoying this. It's just it feels like. First of all, it feels lazy because it, it is exactly like last year's, really. Um, like it, it, I'm not saying lazy in the sense that they haven't made an effort to produce a new game. I just mean that in terms of evolution, there's nothing. You know, it's the same football game. Um, 
And also, um, this has always been my bugbear with FIFA. Um, I say always, like for the last year. It feels like you're kicking a table tennis ball. Like with with what I like about Pro Evo is the weight of the football, and that sounds a bit showed. Like I know, but you, you you feel like your passes actually have a bit of, you know, a bit bit a bit of bit of bit of a bit of force to it. And you know, I like having to work to unlock a defense. And I I don't like on FIFA, like you say there, like there are certain ways that you just can score on FIFA. Like, and you know your score. Like I, when I had the when I was playing one of you two, I had the ball at like twenty five yards from 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 goal it's just it's kind of automatic all right ping that into the top corner and you just it gets quite boring and also like in terms of i'm, I'm not really a big online guy i don't i don't dedicate hours and hours of, to football games sadly i just don't have the time but i like sort of i like picking it up and even in the, the, the space of like a quick 10 minute game i like feeling immersed and i never feel that with fifa Whereas this, this I, I got the game today, and um, I've had the day off, and uh, yeah, it's just it's fantastic. I, I really think you should get the game and go with the full because, like, the demo. Are you on commission? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. We said we, we're selling pod merchandise. No need for commission anymore. Like retired. Um, it's um, I just oh, I think it's an absolute work of art. I really do. I think it's it's fantastic, um, and. Uh, like even the things like the licensing, like it's pretty easy to get around that. Yeah, I think it's uh, just um, it's just one of those things of when you you might need to, to get used to it. Yeah, and, and I, I, I did enjoy it. That. I did enjoy it after a while. There are just some things just visually that I can't get past. The experience of playing it is, is you know, it's it's what it was when it was good. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I still don't think it was as good as it was back then. Just because I, I almost think the aesthetic of like the PS2 and that slightly shitter graphics almost made the game better because I think the the more powerful and the bigger and better the the sort of the consoles well, the more of it advantages the 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 company with the money mm. i mean it's just and and sort of like ea i mean you know the amount of money that must get spent on you know you see it and it's very shiny and it, it you know i read something about this someone said that um the comparison between the two is kind of like if if pro evo is a sort of is football at it's kind of like what you said basically it's kind of the it, football, the raw ingredients of football: passing, shooting, controlling, defending, that stuff. Mm. Whereas FIFA is kind of like an idolized Hollywood version of the game, um, where you know everything is sort of pinging thirty yarders in off the bottom of the bar, and and you know sound bites from commentators, and the journey, and you know the, you know the little the the, the what's the guy mm. called that yeah that thing that they've yeah, got yeah, the yeah, career yeah. thing yeah yeah. You I think, think that's really good, by the way. Um, oh, I haven't, I haven't done no, that no, one. not the not the actual thing because they've just nicked it off NBA Two K. But the fact that it's a young black lad that's on it is um, oh, it's is good. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, change great. it or anything like that. I think that's fantastic for for gaming because I don't think they did they do very well um, in terms of representation across no, the, the mainstream. So I was uh, I was very pleased uh, to see that because I, I sort of assumed that you could just make it in your own likeness and and sort of adapt it in that sort of a manner but you can't you have to be Raj Baines nine foot centre forward uh, no yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put myself centre forward although that's where I always tended to play when I played football just because I was too lazy to do anything else yeah. um, but I, yeah I just I, 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 I do think like um, I will I, I, I might get it I might get it I might um, get it off get it off Amazon I, I, or something 
You, I mean, I, I think you should because not just for the sake of me and Jack, but like I, I think it's there's I find just little it things like um like there's there's little touches, little bits of shine that I'd I'd want it to have just to make it a touch better. Like I was, I spent like a good ten minutes just trying to work out how to improve sort of my first touch when I passed it to a player, and there doesn't seem to be a function to be able to do that. Or you know when you're sort of doing a, a run down the wing on FIFA, you can knock your joystick forward and, and knock the ball on and sort of run into space. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I can't do that, and there's just oh no no you can you just have to press the um. You, uh, they're not very good at explaining the controls, but you, you just you double tap the sprint button. Oh right, I'd, I'd, or triple tap it. I had yeah. no idea. But yeah, yeah, that's the thing, and and the, this is the thing. I you're think not, it, like, it almost have to relearn the game. It, I think it, the you have to commit to FIFA, it. Yeah. You're so accustomed to FIFA that you have to. I tell you what it'll be like, Seb. It'll be like when you first play rugby league live, and the the joy oh, of man, finally that was a, that was a learning curve. The fact that you know, but the joy then of finally getting to grips with that game and actually getting to yeah. play it properly is is rewarding. I think if I put it yeah. in my head as sort of the football alternative of Rugby League Live, I think I might get a bit more on board with it. I, I, think, well, I think so, but I, I also, like, for the demo, like, it, it's just a, a one-shot experience, isn't it? It's just yeah. a game, like, with Barcelona. I think the real value is 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 the Master League system because it's um it takes away all that kind of... Like oh I'm going to win the, the 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 Premier League with Tottenham and then when I do it it feels pointless. Whereas I Master League, it, I yeah, it. it's just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was I felt you know you know we've we've covered this, but I um no it's 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 a great thing and like so your players growing and and it's it's um yeah it's it, it's a great it's a great thing to be able to pick up for like. Once you get used to it, to be able to pick up for like twenty minutes, half an hour at a time, and you know, like younger people, sure, you, you know, you've got hours and hours and stuff. But um, it's, um, yeah, no, I, I'm so pleased because it's the one thing I'm. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not very good at computer games generally, as you know. Um, but I, um, yeah, no, I do enjoy that, and I, I do. Um, it's a nice distraction, and it, it's immersive enough to be a distraction, which is important to me. But I'd, I'd recommend everyone at least tries it. Okay, um, I think that'll do us, mate. Um, yeah, mate, we've um, we've done well. Um, and one thing, just as a closing thing, there's been a lot who, like, for about three weeks now, has been trying to get us to answer a question about the new Frank Ocean record. Have you listened to it at all? Are you aware of who Frank Ocean is? Or... No, I know who Frank Ocean is, but I haven't listened to his new record. No, no. Um, I think just thirty seconds. I think it's really good. I think it's maybe a little bit overlong, um, but there's four or five genius tracks in that. Um, and it's always good to hear Andre 3000. So that's 10 second review. I'll tell you what to uh, do, Seb. If you listen to that record over yeah. the next week, I'll, I'll, you know that time we got you to watch Bake Off just yeah. to sort of expand your cultural horizons? Which, yeah. by the way, if Jack was here, we'd have a 20 minute writing about that going to Channel 4. Because, uh, yeah, but he's not, so you're not going to. No, sadly, we'll have to save that for next week. But um, if you. Um, yeah, if you give that record a few listens this week, I'll ask you about it next week. And, All right, uh, okay. I'll bang on the Spotify. All yeah, right. it, it's, I think it's back on Spotify. He did this weird thing where he put it on and then took it back off again. So we'll see. But yeah, that's oh, your. Uh, uh, there's another. I've got another note for you, by the way. Um, <laughs> Jory, there, there is some um, consternation over your inability because you're now the um, 
the chairman of our fancy football league. Oh yeah, I've got a tweet about this. You, yeah, you've got a, your, uh, you're, you're only black. bothered because you're you'd go top if I make changes. No mate, I'm already top with the changes. Right. I had a really good week after being awful. I'd, Lukaku scored a hat trick and I'm right back in yeah. mix now. Eighty yeah. point week, so I'd literally jumped about a hundred odd places or something like that. And like back in all all the leagues I was in, I've now sort of got a, a place back in and I made a, I made uh, two a foothold. Subs. Yeah, I had like Cesc Fabregas in my starting team and stuff like that, so I've taken him out. Um, I'll tell you who's in my team now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that? Hang on, you have Fabregas. He's not against the rules. I think that was an amended... Well, we'll have to check with Jack on that. It was was Charlie Adam who was the amended one, trust me. No, no, Charlie Adam was last year. We added someone and I reckon... Well, controversy. Somebody somebody suggested Cesc Fabregas to me, but knowing that... Yeah, but I I think it was Jack and that's... Mm. When it comes from a member of the pod, that's more than a suggestion. (laughs) We'll see. Anyway, he's not in there anymore. And it's not like he got me any points from the fucking bench anyway. So. Mate, yeah, but we've, well, actually, this is, mate, this is a can of worms that you've it's, opened here. Anyway, I've got De Gea. <laughs> <laughs> I've got De Gea, Alderweireld, Nathaniel Klein, uh, Coleman, Ericsson, Sigurdsson, De Bruyne, um, Lukaku, Kane, and then oh, let me check who I've brought in because it's not updated yourself yet. Pick a team. Um, I brought in... Antonio at West Ham and Callum Wilson to mm, finish that off. So, you know, it's fair enough that. It's not too bad. Yeah, man. Anyway, let's uh, let's kill this. We've yeah. done well. We've done well. Yeah, good pod. Good it's pod. only two of us. I prefer it when there's three. Yeah, um, feels a bit. We need, yeah. The awkward bit is doing the ending that neither of us know how to do. Well, we're just, we're just, um, I, I think it's good though. It's like a, a special skill that Jack has. Um, if you, yeah. Uh, what does he say? It's, it's basically just if you like the pod, listen to it. I guess <laughs> is is the is the pricey. But you can yeah. follow us on Twitter at RTR Pod. Oh, that's the website, isn't it? Mm, no, it's RTR, RTR underscore Pod on Twitter, and that's RTR, RTR Pod. Yeah, and that's RTR, RTR Pod for the website. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, we will update you in about six days on the Fabregas issue. <laughs> And the um, and no, uh, it's well, not an issue. No, we're gonna have to. No, mate, we've kicked people out, and like I know, I know how much you hate things like sort of preferential treatment, and you know, I, I know you hate that. So we, you know, we we have to. Um, Jack and I will go away. We'll have a think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you a written judgment, <laughs> and you will have. That's a only because you appeal. can't use email. No, I'm traditionalist. I can use email when I have to, but. You've got letterhead paper in your own name. <laughs> Gold uh, leaf. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, let's let's uh, say goodbye. Yeah. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.